This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity May. It's a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett's status, our aim is to help you break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity mate, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. Um, yeah. That's good. Can't wait to get in. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> no further updates. <laughs> So uh, last year, we decided to go full-time with Equity Mates so that we can bring you better content more often across more channels. It was a huge leap for us, but uh, it's thanks to you, our amazing community, that we could afford to do this. A huge thank you to everyone who has already supported us through our uh, support page, equitymates.com slash support. Uh, if you are keen to support, please head there and uh, and you can leave a little bit of a donation or a recurring payment. But we just wanted to give a shout out to the first five community members from Equity Mates who have supported us. Uh, so a massive thank you to Sally, Robert, Carlos, Stuart and Liam. You were the first five who graciously uh, supported Equity Mates. So a big thank you. This year is going to be a big one for us and uh, we're hoping we can keep creating the content that we are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you guys and thank you to everyone else who has um, supported after. And um, yeah, we, we really appreciate it and we can't wait to bring more Equity Mates content. Absolutely. So that's equitymates.com slash support. We also will be hopefully getting some cool merch soon. Oh, let's, not, <laughs> let's not make promises that we can't. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. This, um, this podcast has become a graveyard of promises. I know, that, uh, I know, don't, I know. Well, I mean, some of them eventually play out. Um, eventually. Yeah, yeah. We're, hey, we're here for the long term. So yeah. <laughs> let me talk about long term. I didn't say when the merch would come. It depends what our time yeah, horizon yeah, is. Yeah. And also, uh, we might be loose on the word cool merch. <laughs> true, uh, true. We are. Uh, neither of us we're, we're quickly realizing in 2021 how poor our design skills are <laughs> there's been a number of um of moments where we've been like we can't we draw need, we need <laughs> we're not we need creative. <laughs> hey but that's why we're in finance that's why we're in finance <laughs> so ren uh, i kicked off a segment last week called what the and uh, it's obviously um it's obviously worked because you've come this week with a what the i have i have um so let's play the intro here 
Now, um, everyone followed GameStop. Um, yes. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty confident that you were aware of the short squeeze that happened. Well, the saga isn't over yet because um, someone is now suing the guy that started it all. And no, it's it's not one of the big hedge funds that lost billions of dollars and had to be bailed out. It's just some random dude who lost, lost a whole heaps. bunch of money. Idiot. <laughs> he's now selling. Uh, his, the YouTube handle is um, Roaring Kitty. The Reddit username was uh, Deep Effing Value. This guy who sort of figured out what to do and got everyone on Wall Street bets and across the world to follow him into it. This There's this random dude in Washington State who's now suing him because he lost at least a few hundred thousand dollars. So, like, a fair bit of money. But it's like, dude, you can't sue him on the back of that. No, no. It's classic America. Yeah, but, yeah. Wow, that is a bit of a what, though, because uh, I, I don't see how this will play out in favour of the guy who's lost a heap of money. But, um, you, you know, the stock market is a risky thing. He took a risk and <laughs> he lost out. And I, I don't mean to be cynical, but the uh, Roaring Kitty uh, made, what, like $50 million yeah. if he sold, but is he made a fair bit of money. He's going to lawyer up. Oh, like, he's got the money to lawyer <laughs> if up now. Sold, if he's sold. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of uh, the United States, today's episode is all about 13 Fs and who is buying what. If you're a bit confused by what all that means, we will dig into it a little bit uh, shortly uh, in one moment. But I just want to make mention of... Uh, a segment that we're doing in all of our expert interviews at the moment and also across our socials, and that is the Fund Manager of the Year, F-U-N in capitals, because it's a lot of fun. Um, we, As we said, we're not creative. And this, <laughs> this is a Bryce Lesky special. <laughs> we just want to uh, be tracking all of the fund managers and expert investors that we speak to week on week uh, and giving you guys the opportunity to actually... Uh, participate in, I guess, voting for who you think was the best interview for throughout the year. So if you keep a, an eye on our, our socials, uh, each week you'll be seeing that we put up uh, a post of who the fund manager was, a bit about their bio, some of their favorite stocks or their watch list uh, that they, we spoke about, and uh, some of the you know the favorite quotes that Ren and I got from the interview, with the idea at the end that we can present one of them with the inaugural Equity Mates Fund Manager of the Year. So. Please do keep uh, that in mind when you're uh, listening to the podcast as to who your favourite uh, fund manager was. And, and and with the idea that uh, in a few years, you know, we're long-term here. Long-term, uh, yeah. When, when <laughs> you just headbutt the I mic. I did headbutt the mic, yeah. <laughs> the, the idea is in a few years, you know, when the fund manager of the year is uh, the biggest award in finance, yeah. we'll have a black tie gala dinner where all the equity mates can come and yes. it'll be like the Oscars for finance. It's going to be so big. <laughs> Ren will be hosting at his place and uh, it's going to be amazing. So yeah, 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 it's going to be up to you guys though, the community to make that happen. So please uh, keep an eye on our socials and, and keep in mind who your favorite fund manager was and we'll uh, vote throughout the year and then yeah, present them. We'll probably vote awards. at the end of the year to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Let's, not, let's not make more work for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, before we kick into it, very quick word from our sponsors and then we'll get stuck in. So, Ren, as we said, the title of this episode is Who's Buying What? An Introduction to 13 Fs. Now, if you are purely investing here in Australia, then you've probably never heard of 13 Fs before. I, I would say most people. 
well, a lot of people investing in the States haven't heard of them either, but they are a little uh, life hack. They are a little life investing hack. So what are 13Fs? So any fund manager in the States or maybe anyone that's just investing in the States, but definitely all the big US fund managers, um, anyone with over $100 million in assets under management, um, they have to file with the SEC, the government regulator over there. Securities and Exchange Commission. commission. Yes, um, that they have to file quarterly what they're holding, what they're investing in, and then that's made public. And so the 13F is the name of the report that they file quarterly. Exactly, exactly. And so we as everyday punters can go online investors we're not punters true, true. That, that is a good call uh we as everyday investors uh can go online and see what some of the biggest investors in the world are holding and you know it's a great way to see what you know we, we obviously can read all their quotes and their books and stuff but then you can see what they're holding so you can see how what they're talking about aligns in you know in reality with their strategies um and you can find uh, like i've found a number of companies that i never would have heard of um it's just a really cool way to sort of get an insight into what's going on yeah a lot of people uh particularly smaller fund managers as well use use them to sort of see where the smart money is going uh you know if if warren is uh continuing to buy apple or if uh you know george soros is still incredibly long the british pound or whatever it may be or short the pound whatever he was (laughs) um these are an excellent way to get an understanding of what these big fundies are holding and and where they're where they're at in terms of uh building a portfolio but i think the surprising thing and we'll get to it a little bit later on is the is that you know, you think there are these amazing whiz investors who have come across all these companies we've never heard of, but some of them are holding portfolios that look very similar yeah, to you and, yeah. you and I, Ren. It, it, now, I, I know that, you know, these are only come, uh, fund managers that have over $100 million. So, they they because they've got so much money, they really have to invest in the biggest companies. But it just dispels this idea that the only way you can make money is by, you know, specky silver stocks and mining explorers and, you know, unheard of biotech uh, companies that have grand plans to take over the world. Like, don't get me wrong, people make a lot of money in that space, but the these major fund managers aren't digging up names that you haven't heard of most of the time. You know, the recurring companies are the, you know, the Microsoft, Apples, Amazons, but also just like Chipotle... Hilton Hotels, like mm, companies mm. that are everywhere. Facebook, and Amazon, Microsoft. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Walmart features, Home Depot, like companies that are Procter & Gamble, like um, big companies that everyone's aware of, a lot of us use or have used in the past. Um, and so, for me, that's, that's something that I'm like, you know, it's, it's worth taking that away when you're looking at these. Yeah. But, um, you don't have to be breaking yourself to find the next 10 bagger. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, uh, I think also the next 10 bagger may be a company that you are more familiar with than you think. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into that, so we've pulled out a bunch of the most famous investors in the world and some of the biggest things that they're holding and we'll go through them. Two points before we do that. First of all, a word of caution about these 13Fs. Yes. And then secondly, 
where we can actually find them. Yes. So a word of caution. Uh, Firstly, the SEC recognized that the reliability and accuracy of these filings um, is somewhat dubious, given that no one actually analyzes and scrutinizes these reports at the SEC, which I find completely bam, you know, bamboozling. What was uh, Ma- Bernie Madoff? Yeah, Bernie Madoff, who is perhaps one of the greatest fraudsters in financial history, was a was involved in markets for twenty years yeah. or something crazy. And- it, for for people unfamiliar, it was just a giant Ponzi scheme. He would bring in new investor money to pay out investors that wanted to cash out. He was seen as one of the best investors on Wall Street. But he was just a Ponzi scheme. Massive Ponzi scheme, filing 13 Fs left, right and centre according, you know, as he should, telling everyone what he's holding. Yeah, every quarter. Every quarter. This is what's in my portfolio. Total lie. And yet no one's picked it up. So, (laughs) it's one of those, (laughs) which which I find absolutely astounding, to be honest. This is a... Bureaucracy. A long no. This is a long-term structural problem I I have. And well, I'm this not, is not a political I'm not going to get into it too far. But this, just to give you an idea of how undermanned the SEC and the Department of Justice in the US is, because they've just been gutted for funding for decades. They have publicly said that sometimes they release press releases saying that they're going to be closely watching a certain area of the market or a certain type of conduct, knowing full well that they don't have the resources to do it, but just hoping that the press release scares people into not doing it. Like That is publicly stated. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So yeah, if uh, you want to read more things like that, that was a Thought Starters article about six months ago. So sign up to Thought Starters. (laughs) So you've got to take everything that comes in these reports with a grain of salt. At the end of the day, a lot of the fund managers, I'm sure... Uh, and I'm not accusing any of them, but would like to try and keep, you know, some of their portfolio or IP I, a bit secret. But anyway, let- I, I think I think there's enough scrutiny that for some of these bigger ones, like I'm sure there's some people that yeah, know. hiding away what they're doing. And secondly, um, if if you're thinking of using this as a way to make your own investments, um, you've got to remember that these reports are filed usually up to 45 days after the end of the quarter. So if they've made investment decisions, either buying or selling during the quarter, and then they're reporting it, and that report comes out 45 days later, then, you know, whatever has occurred during this, you know, that quarter plus the 45 days, um, their reason for buying or selling may have been fully baked into the price of the stock by the time it comes to you actually making a decision for yourself. So you, you, there's a big lag on these reports and just because it says Buffett's buying another billion dollars of Apple, you know, the price has probably jumped on the news of doing that and the fact that he's put a billion dollars in and, you know, you want to just be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. The, um, what, a quarter's 90 days? Yeah. Plus another 4,535 days, it's more than a third of a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there, there can be a big time lag. But also, I mean, never blindly follow anyone into a trade. Yeah. A mate at a barbecue, two idiots on a podcast, or a billion-dollar fund manager who's printing yeah. what they're holding. Like, yeah. if you don't, if you don't do your own research and you don't understand the companies you're buying, you probably shouldn't be buying companies. You should be sticking to ETFs and managed funds and yeah. stuff like that. So. It goes without saying that you've always got to do your own own research. This is just a great starting point to build a list of companies. And what these reports also don't tell you is the reasoning why these companies are buying or selling. It's purely just a, this is what they held and this is what happened. Yeah. So um, you have no idea the reasoning for what 
these companies are doing. But Ren, where can we find them? Yeah, so uh, primary source, the SEC has a database where you can read them all. Um, Edgar database, Edgar, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so if you go on the SEC website or if you Google that, um, you can come across it. Uh, but there's a bunch of websites that then take this data and try and make it more digestible. I don't think anyone's nailed it. So I, I think if... Uh, Someone was looking for a business idea in finance. I think there's definitely a better way to present some of this information, but there's a bunch out there. Um, holdings channels, whale wisdom, a bunch more um, that take all this 13F data and then publish it on their website for people to people to look at. You can just if you just Google 13F filings, um, there'll be heaps of websites that come up that tell you about it. So the information is there, um, but yeah, any budding fintech entrepreneurs out there um hit us up because maybe we can collaborate on doing it better true yeah look i've been i was digging through the edgar database and uh knowing obviously the funding situation over at sec i'm telling you it's not an easy <laughs> website it's not an easy website to nav- navigate maybe that and should be it- our first um first political campaign hashtag fund the sec <laughs> <laughs> and what it doesn't tell you what the reports don't tell you is the change in position they just file what they're holding so to your point no yeah, you they need- oh, okay so there, the secondary websites. Yeah, that's um, where you need do to the go. Maths. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to go to the secondary ones to find it. So, uh, before we jump into, I guess the more interesting part of this yeah, episode. Yeah, we've kept everyone in suspense <laughs> for so long. But before we actually tell you what some of the biggest uh, fund managers in the world are holding, you're going to have to sit through another ad break. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ren, so who's buying what? We've pulled out some of the biggest hedge fund managers in the world, some of the biggest investors and uh, some of the ones that we're interested in and pulled out their top holdings Yeah, and uh, we're going to you know, now, um, chat about to, some of them. To put a timestamp on these, most of these are from the, uh, the final quarter of calendar year 2020. So the quarter ending the 31st of December 2020 is when these were filed. So, you know, we're recording this on the 18th of February and they're already, what, six weeks out of date. But still, they're a great insight. Let's start with the big dog, Warren Buffett. Yes, can't go past the Wazza. Yeah. Now, um, five biggest holdings. Apple, number one, uh, $117 billion of Apple. Uh, Bank of America, number two. Coca-Cola, number three. American Express, Kraft Heinz. Still pretty old school, isn't it? I know, very old school. But all, Except Apple. All companies that you recognize. The thing that really stood out for me, or two things that stood out for me, first of all, he's holding an Apple, $117 billion. His next biggest holding, $30 billion. Yeah, and I mean, for a guy who said that he wasn't uh, interested or didn't understand technology, it wasn't in his a circle of competence. Let's not get into like, is <laughs> Apple now a consumer product and is it a brand mode, not a technology mode? I wasn't going down that path. <laughs> but uh, no, he took some pretty big positions back in 2016 yeah. and uh, or 17. And yeah, it's obviously paying big dividends. Literally. Yeah. The second thing for me is that uh, he sold 57 million shares of Apple. Trimming, um, nothing. Yeah, taking a bit of profits off the table. Yeah. Still holds, you know, still has the majority of his position held. But anyway, we've got a lot of fund managers to talk about, so let's not get bogged down. Uh, what was one that stood out for you? I can't go past Bill Ackman. Yeah. So he's uh, Pershing Square Holdings. Uh, not least because we're trying to get him on the show. <laughs> trying to get him on the show. If anyone has his number, please let us know. 
what I liked about Bills is that uh, it is very concentrated, very concentrated. You look at, uh, for example, George Soros, and he's got about 40 holdings in there. Uh, Bill has seven holdings. He's got Lowe's, Chipotle Mexican, uh, Restaurant Brands International, The Hilton, uh, Agilent Technologies, Starbucks, and Howard Hughes. That's it. Seven stocks, uh, incredibly concentrated. So he's obviously um, got a high conviction on yeah. a number of these stocks. And re- for people unfamiliar with restaurant brands, they own Burger King, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons. So like three fast food joints. So either he loves fast food because he's got Chipotle and restaurant brands, yeah. or he's uh, seeing he, he's seeing something that is uh, exciting him in this space. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we'll have to ask him when we get him on the show. <laughs> True, we will. <laughs> but yeah, like again, just very standard brands. Lowe's, everyone is familiar. Chipotle, everyone in the States will know. Burger King from restaurant brands, another big brand. Starbucks, you know, like Hilton Hotels. Hmm. Not companies that are like- sort of outside our circle of competence. Yeah, not, yeah. not like, you know, crazy biotechs that he's got like 30, you know, PhDs in his... Uh, in his office, you know, doing all this complicated stuff. It's like these are companies with pretty obvious moats or yeah. strong economic positions that that it aren't beyond the pay, like aren't beyond us or every everyday retail investors to analyze. The other thing that I found interesting about his portfolio for the quarter ending December 2020 was that uh, any moves he made were either were were all a sell. Uh, sell move so um, you you know we're running very hot into December so either he's keeping his portfolio um, I guess balanced or he's just trimming profits so no buying action for Bill leading up to December just taking some profits from uh, the companies that he does own Mm. so what else Ren? Uh, Steve Cohen the owner of uh, the New York Mets um, the subject of the uh, book Black Edge yes. um, and the guy who had to quit Twitter because he was trolled by GameStop supporters too much. Um, he runs a fund point seventy two. His biggest uh, holdings, Alphabet, Facebook, uh, AMD, Advanced Micro Devices, Visa and Microsoft. Again, nothing surprising. Companies that, you know, we either hold or that we've spoken about on the show. I'm sure most of the equity mates community have looked at or have heard about. Yeah, just obviously, you know, holding those five companies for the last few years would have had an given an incredible growth. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of reassuring in a way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hold on, why aren't we billionaires? <laughs> Speaking of billionaires, everyone should have or may have heard of Ray Dalio. He runs Bridgewater Associates, the biggest hedge fund let's, in, in let's the world. Let's call it on the should have. Should have, yes, should have. <laughs> no, no, um, no, let's call it on that. You mean you should have heard of him? No, I'm saying don't tell people what they should have heard. Yeah, that's why I said or could have. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, Ray Dalio, he's um, written a number of books and is obviously very well regarded in uh, in the investing community. Founded the biggest hedge fund in the world. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, has written Principles, which I I would recommend reading. But look, Ren, this is a very interesting portfolio. And if we were talking about reassuring, this is is reassuring. Honestly, if I was an investor in his hedge fund, I would be... Spewing. Yeah. Well, you're paying fees. Well, hold on. Let t- tell tell the people what's in it. Don't hold them, don't hold them in suspense. <laughs> so, 
his portfolio, his largest holding is the SPDR S&P 500 ETF. Then he has the Vanguard International Equity Index ETF. Then he has a gold index tracker, SPDR Gold. And then he finally gets into some single stocks, closing it out with Walmart and uh, Procter & Gamble. Mm. So you've got two uh, retail and FMCG uh, companies there. But really the, the top three holdings and what you would be paying uh, fees on for him to manage is essentially three ETFs, which I think is, is pretty phenomenal really. Hmm. Here you have one of the world's most regarded investors and his top three positions are ETF. So, Ren, if he can do it, we can do it. So, I think I think the thing that we didn't mention above that is worth saying is um, if you own this is this was really only American stocks. Yeah. So, like we we joke about the S and P five hundred index being his biggest holding. He may have a bigger foreign holding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But still, regardless, Americans one of the biggest stock markets in the world. Yes. He's got plenty to choose from yeah. <laughs> and he's choosing the ETF uh, that follows the S&P 500. So he's obviously pretty bullish on and on what's going to be happening there. Uh, any more from you, Ren? Yeah, I've got heaps. Um, oh. How long have we got? <laughs> Not enough time for you to talk. <laughs> so one, uh, one that I have looked at uh, for a few years now, um, Seth Klarman, uh, one, author of one of my favorite investing books, Margin of Safety. Um, he has a portfolio with stocks that are a little bit more surprising. But for me, for me, the thing is that they don't. He doesn't change his positions much. So um, eBay is his biggest position, and it's been his biggest position for a while. Then a few other companies that I'm less familiar with: Liberty Global, Intel Corp, Qavo, and Fox Corp. Um, but I was looking at it and it just like I was getting flashbacks because some of those companies have just been the same in his portfolio for a while. So I think the other thing that I start to realize when I look at these 13Fs is the time horizon, you know, they report quarterly, but the time horizons that they hold these investments is generally a lot longer. Mm. And so you can, um, you start to get a feel for the pace that these guys invest at. Mm, mm. Um, one for me, Ren, George Soros, and uh, I like this one just because it's got Palantir in there. He would have done in, <laughs> he, he would have done in incredibly well off that. It's unchanged and also up about a hundred hundred something percent since uh, since launching uh, its IPO. Uh, he's obviously very bullish on the housing market in America as well. That has been firing. Uh, he has a huge holding in Dr. Horton, which I had to look up, and is one of the, or is America's largest home builder. So, um, yeah, interesting uh, from George there. But as I said, the biggest standout for me from him was just the size of his portfolio—forty yeah. or fifty holdings, pretty massive. The thing is, you know, they they may run multiple funds within the the holding company. And so it's not like all of those stocks may be held under the same strategy. Um, you know, it might be multiple different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, last one from me, Joel Greenblatt, mm-hmm. uh, author of The Little Book That Beats the Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend if you haven't read it. Um, runs the fund Gotham Asset Management. Um, I'm just going to read you his top five holdings. Um, there is, yeah, uh, so top five holdings. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Facebook. Yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> Nothing surprising, but also, yeah, again, to reiterate what we've been saying, uh, it doesn't feel like there's a magic formula here in terms of... Uh, Is that pun intended because he, <laughs> he used the magic yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the thing is um, if you look at what strategies he runs his biggest fund is like an index plus fund where he basically tries to replicate the S&P 500 index and then puts his little touches here and there so that's right. why they're the biggest five so just if you're going to look at these fi- filings just make sure you then uh, look at the strategy, strategy that's behind the filings. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. That is um, that brings us to the end of our episode on uh, who is buying what thirteen Fs. If you are interested in finding out more about thirteen Fs, um, we will put some of the links to the websites that we've used to get this information, and you can go and have a dig. Um, and and have a look at what some of the biggest fund managers in the world are doing. As we said, don't use this as uh, as your own one and only means to to take investment uh, ideas. Do your own research. But uh, I think the main message for me, Ren, is that you know you see these guys who you think are you know incredibly smart, which they are, and going out and finding all these hidden gems among all the stocks out there. But at the end of the day. They're buying just what you and I are buying and uh, unfortunately, we're not the billionaires like they no, are. No, no, no. <laughs> they, uh, they charge fees on billions of dollars of assets under management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, look, I think it's encouraging at the end of the day. If we were to look at their portfolios and find all these companies that we've never heard of or that they've done you know, massive amounts of investigation to find – then you you know you might think okay well this is not for me but the fact that some of them are just holding your classic ETF is is reassuring mm. yeah yeah that that is a strange one S and P five hundred ETF an international equities ETF and a gold ETF yeah it's like that's a core portfolio yeah. like that's a set that's and forget portfolio yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's brings us to the end but just a reminder that equity mates doesn't stop here uh, you can email us at contact at equitymates.com you can follow us on social channels or visit equitymates.com for more information if you're stuck for podcast recommendations as well please remember that we have the get started investing podcast for all those beginner buffets and we have two that have just launched comedian versus economist and meet pay love both very well worth listening to so go and check them out but ren Always a pleasure and uh, we'll chat next week. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.